Chapter Twenty Nine of Order Number Eleven. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Order Number Eleven by Carolyn Abbott Stanley. Chapter Twenty Nine: The Perfect Love That Casteth Out Fear and yet it was through her mother that peace came to virginia at last things had gone on this way for weeks letters came from gordon but they were not answered she felt that she could not write what could she say the family always asked affectionately about him when the letters came more so now than ever it seemed to her she had never known before how much they thought of him one day colonel trevelyan said to her mrs trevelyan had been talking with him virginia there are few such men as gordon lay of course he and i do not think alike on political questions but such differences seem less important to me than they once did i have come to feel that nothing counts much in the choice of a, a friend but honor and integrity my daughter if he was going to say more but the look on her face stopped him they had all had a hand in it now but miss nanny and miss nanny proposed to have she did not intend to see virginia's life wrecked for want of a warning i don't know what old maids are for she said to herself grimly if not for lighthouses to warn other people off the rocks so as they sat together one day she said abruptly virginia i never told you how i happened to be an old maid did i no said virginia with interest i have often wondered aunt nan well i'm going to tell you and she told the story that had been much in her thoughts since her conversation with mrs trevelyan of the misunderstanding and the angry words and the pride that would not give in on one side and the obstinacy that held out on the other until finally there was a ring returned and letters asked for and the thing was over it really is not much of a story after all she said to tell but verge it changed life for both of us virginia's eyes were brimming it might not be much of a story but it seemed the tragedy of life to her aunt nan she asked when she could trust herself to speak did did the thing you heard about him affect his character not at all said miss nanny that would have made it very different it was just a case of a girl's pride and a man's obstinacy as most of them are she did not press the application she had made up her mind to supply the leaven and let it do its own work and as virginia tossed on her pillow that night she thought but her case was so different oh if it was only pride they heard from beverly occasionally down in arkansas but he never referred to the matter that he had begun to speak about that night one evening 
mrs trevelyan and miss nanny sat sewing carpet rags it seemed imperative to have another carpet for the recollection of the wilton in the parlor had proved too much for tiger man and he had come back for it the pier glass felt lonely without it and really he argued without the furniture that went with it the trevelyans did not have as much use for it as he had which was true in a way for they had no house parties now at the last moment there was a pressing call from mrs taggart for more rags and they had dropped everything to supply the demand virginia had read to them a while as they worked but she soon stopped and sat with the harper before her and the page never turned she could hardly have told of what she was thinking to the dull pain of a few weeks ago had succeeded a dull apathy it seemed to her sometimes that there had never been a time when she had not had this gnawing pain she was getting used to it she said to herself a little drearily as she had heard of women married women learning to bear meekly things they could not remedy she wondered if it were a kind of paralysis of the emotions and if she would ever feel anything again very much she finished a page and then discovered that she did not know one word of what she had read she turned resolutely then to the beginning and started again she would not give up to such dallying she had got halfway through the page with somewhat better results when her attention was arrested by miss nanny's voice saying with a bitterness new to it no i don't i think god has forgotten there is such a place as grand prairie in his universe don't say that nan mrs trevelyan's soft voice was protesting well sister bertie it's enough to make anybody think so here we are sewing carpet rags to cover our bare floors and that thief tiger man and his gang sitting on our wiltons and three plies we've served god all our lives and sometimes when i look around and see how the wicked prosper i think we've served him for naught no we haven't we don't serve god for wilton carpets and mahogany sideboards that wicked thought of yours nan is no new thing solomon knew of it and answered it thousands of years ago and his answer is just as true today as it was then though a sinner do evil a hundred times and his days be prolonged yet surely i know that it shall be well with him that fear god virginia was listening with an intentness that precluded the idea of emotional paralysis as the proper diagnosis of her case there was something in miss nanny's rebellious protest that found an answering chord in her own breast do you know why he said that nan her mother asked a light shining in her eyes that irradiated her humble occupation and seemed hardly of the earth no said miss nanny unconvinced and rebellious still but he wouldn't have said it if he had lived in this country i know that yes he would nan the wise man had a firmer foundation for his faith than mere seeming appearances might all point to unbelief circumstances might be against him but he was resting upon something greater than circumstance and appearance virginia was listening breathlessly now 
she knew her mother was talking of spiritual things but she was applying it to her own gropings in the dark and why was it asked miss nanny it was because he could say with paul i know in whom i have believed there was silence then miss nanny could not find it in her heart to answer those reverent words with either jest or scoff and virginia virginia sat motionless into the darkened chamber of her heart where her secret was hidden away there came a faint glimmer of light she did not dare to stir lest it should vanish and she be left in the blackness of darkness again he knew in whom he had believed she shut her book softly and stepped into the hall then she took a light shawl and threw it over her head and went out upon the porch sitting down on the steps between the white pillars where he and she had so often sat it was no moon but it was a starlit night and from all around came the fresh odors of growing things virginia's soul was in a tumult she did not perceive the budding of life she did not notice the steadfast stars only one thought was in her mind but that was enough he knew in whom he had believed if this was ground for spiritual faith was it not also ground for human faith the trust of man in man in the relief that came to her with the grasping of this plank amidst a sea of doubts she did not stop to think that she was leaning on mortal man all on the infinite one all knew in whom he had believed and did not she had not gordon lay's life been an open book to her since she could remember and had she ever seen in it anything that need be erased as unfit for a woman to look upon why why had she not thought of this before she had been looking at all the suspicious circumstances that had been thrown around him and not at all at what she knew best of all his own open life that was what she should have looked at she told herself sharply then remembrance came to her of the witness her father had borne to his good name his integrity and his honor of the things her mother had spoken of to her his truthfulness his sincerity his chivalrous care for the reputation of others she even forced herself to face what she had said about his plea for lois shrinking back a little and her breath coming hard but holding steadily to her new point of view as the sheet anchor that would keep her from getting adrift again yes doubtless it was this very trait that had led him to seek lois out and try to do something for her what she did not know and did not need to know but something kind she was sure it would be like him to try to help her if she was in trouble then a recollection of beverly's unfinished sentence almost swept her newfound anchor away in a surging wave of doubt 
she hardly dared to go over that again but she would she would probe this thing to the bottom now she would test her faith by every one of those old doubts and as she went over again that broken utterance of beverly's a thought came to her that almost took her breath away beverly had never said one word about gordon it was she that had put that construction on his words what if beverly had never thought of such a thing at all she could have cried aloud for joy how she had wronged him how hard she had been she had not guarded his reputation as he had cared for poor lois's she found her heart growing tender for the girl she would go and see her and find out what her trouble was and whether she could not help her oh she had been hard hard he would never have condemned anybody unheard like that aunt nan had said a woe was pronounced on those who put darkness for light and called evil good but she knew her bible well enough to know that there was a woe too for those who called good evil and light darkness how blind she had been what if circumstances had seemed against him she had heard her father tell of the man he had known who was hanged actually hanged on circumstantial evidence and it turned out afterward when it was too late that he was innocent she thanked god from the bottom of her heart that she had never made known her doubts to a living soul and never would she had no doubts she would cast them to the winds and throw herself absolutely upon her trust in him and lo with that resolve her burden was loosed from her shoulders and fell away and peace filled her soul in that moment her heart was opened to all the sweet influences of the night the budding life around her seemed to throb and pulsate with joy the soft south wind came to her with a message of love from him the stars the same old stars they had watched together orion and the pleiades smiled down upon her just as they did then perhaps even now he was looking up to them from the tented field and thinking of her and yes they were the very same that job old job had looked up to when he fought his fight who knows how long ago and in all these ages they had never swerved a kind of spiritual exultation possessed her she sprang up and stretched her arms out toward them as if invoking their steadfastness her head was thrown back her eyes shining gordon she cried in an impassioned whisper gordon though all the world should swear you false her hands were clenched now i will believe you true but alas alas when an act of the will is necessary to faith the foundations are beginning to totter end of chapter twenty nine recording by john brandon